Let's start by turning to Romans chapter 4, verse 18. Romans chapter 4, verse 18. I've got a lot of stuff up here with me, as I always do, because I can never decide what I really want to show you guys and tell you guys about, so I just bring it all. (laughs) So Romans 4, verse 18 says this, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, and that, his Sarah's, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. This is why it is, this is why it was credited to him as righteousness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Abraham, our father in the faith, that we have received a spirit of sonship and that we have become the offsprings of a- the offspring of Abraham through Jesus Christ and that God, that all of the blessings and promises that you spoke over Abraham, that we have been grafted into them because of the blood of your son, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, and I pray that you would strengthen us by the word today. I pray for a renewing of our minds that every thought would be taken captive to obedience to Jesus Christ in this room right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that the word of the Lord would drop and sink deep on the inside of our hearts and that you would come and break up the fallow ground of our hearts right now, Abba. I pray for every hardened heart, every disappointed heart, every wavering heart today to be strengthened by your spirit and to be receive that plumb line and to be steadfast in your word today. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing that we may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been doing this series on kingdom wealth, and I am continuing in that series. And um, I just, I hope we keep going and keep going on it because I am really starting to grab this in a way that I never have before. And I'm really starting to get excited about this in a way that I haven't before. Because the Lord is starting to take scriptures that I've read over the past 15 years of being a Christian. um, Well, of being a Christian under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Um, Unfortunately, there is a difference. (laughs) Um, But um, there shouldn't be. Um, But um, I'm starting to see these things. And I'm starting to see what is available to us as the people of God. And I've just this zeal in me has started to stir up to say, I will not be robbed by Satan anymore in this area. And I am saying to you today that I, I've got to get this for me. I've got to get this for my family. And I've got to get this for you guys. And so do you. You have to get this. We have to get this, church. Um, So we are unashamedly going and going and going to keep breaking up fallow ground and to keep getting the truth of God in our heart. So Tracy has um, taught three times now um, on kingdom wealth, and I would strongly encourage you to go back and listen to any of those um, that you haven't listened to, or if you have, that you would listen to it over and over and over and over again. Um, So she's been talking about giving. She's been talking about sowing. And the Bible talks about sowing seed in two different ways. Um, Number one, sowing with words. Mark chapter 4, 
that the sower is sowing into different soils, and the, the, the seed is the message of the kingdom. It is the word of God. And so we sow with our words. Um, secondly, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, that we're sowing with our provision, our finances. That those who sow sparingly reap sparingly, those who sow bountifully reap bountifully. So seed is words, seed is money. Um, so we, and we give in faith that we, we've been taught to give. Um, we've, been, we've read the Bible, we see what it says, and then we, we give um, to a church or to a ministry. And a lot of times that we're giving when we have needs that are ourselves and for our own families that need to be met. Mortgage, rent, credit card bills, college loans. Help me, Jesus. I'm telling you, I've just had this rage against me of loan companies that take advantage of 18-year-old kids and their parents that don't really know anything about student loans, and then just it's just getting all these people in bondage. And I was, I was uh, victimized by that, but I've decided, you know what? Jesus has an answer in his word. It's called the kingdom of God. And I'm not going to stay in bondage to that anymore, and neither do you. Come on, Jesus. I'm getting excited about this. We give, and we do what the pastor says, because we, we, he's, he promised us a blessing. We give because Jesus promised us a blessing. We give because the word promised us a blessing. And then we wait. Wrote my check out, decided what I was going to give, put it in the offering box. Like, man, it's going to be a good day. And then Monday rolls around. Oh, man, I overrizing like $800. What am I going to do? That actually happened to, to me shortly after I got married. So I'm speaking from experience. So we, we, we wait. Okay, God, what are you going to do? Um, uh, what are you going to do? I gave, and we wait, and we wait, and we wait. And then next Sunday rolls around, and then Susie stands up and gives a testimony about how her whole house debt was just paid off. And we're like, Lord, it's so awesome what you did for her. Bobby comes up, hasn't had a job in six months, and you've been working hard, and, and Bobby gets up and says, you know, I sowed this seed, and God just, he, he, he paid off all of my college loans in a day, and you're like, Lord, that's just even more awesome than this guy that hasn't been working for six months just got totally blessed, and here I am with Verizon. Um, <laughs> And we wait, and we wait. Um, what do we do during this waiting period? Um, this, is, this is something I really want to address today. Because this waiting period of, of waiting for that breakthrough that God has promised um, can have two different outcomes. Um, one is a bad outcome. <laughs> it can result in discouragement. It can result in disappointment. It can result in disillusionment. And it can even go further to just totally turn away from the promises of God in that area completely. Or it can be a good outcome. It can result in perseverance, greater faith, and deeper intimacy with the Lord. This goes for any for breakthrough in any area, finances, health, relationships, job, family, ministry, any of these areas. And, but today we're going to focus on finances. So you get two outcomes. You get a bad outcome or you get a good outcome from this waiting period. Um, the good news is it's our choice which outcome occurs. 
The bad news is, it's our choice which outcome occurs. <laughs> um, personally, I would like option two to occur for Matthew Esquivel and for you. I want this for you. Um, so how do we position ourselves for this outcome number two, namely perseverance, greater faith, and deeper intimacy with the Lord? Um, so that's what we're going to do today. Um, so first I want to bring you back. We read from Romans chapter 4 just now about Abraham receiving a promise from God, receiving the word of the Lord, and then his outward circumstance completely went against everything that God had said. He's 100 years old. His wife is not much younger. And, you know, it's just kind of thinking about having a baby. Some of us, you know, I have family members that had uh, kids at age 40, 45. And, um, and, and it's just, as a kid, I was like, whoa, you know, you're so old and you're having kids, you know. But, <laughs> but Abraham's 100, you know. So I'm like, man, if this guy can do it, I can do it. Um, but it said that Abraham... With, uh, with hope against hope that he did not waver in unbelief regarding the promise of God, but he was fully persuaded, fully persuaded. Say fully persuaded. I'm going to let you try that again. Say fully persuaded that God was able to do what he had promised. Okay, so that's where we want to get. Um, but we're waiting. What do we do? First, let's bring a little bit of understanding um, to why we're waiting in the first place. Um, now, there are times when breakthrough in finances or in any other area comes uh, very quickly. And this is really awesome. It's exciting. It's encouraging. Um, you, you sow that seed, and you're like, God, I need this, I, I need this, um, um, this need met. And bam, God does it. And it's really cool. Um, um, I had a, a um, as I'm going to talk more about this in a few moments, but um, right after Aisha and I got married, um, and, and as we were getting married, we just had people blessing us one after another. And I mean, we just, to, to a wedding that just we could not afford by any means. And then people just kept blessing us, blessing us, blessing us. And then, and then we would, after we got married, we're like, oh man, there's this, there's this thing that we owe this people. And, and, and there was discouragement, but then God would break through within that next week. And I'm just like, Lord. I guess this is just how it's going to be with us, is that you're going to meet every single need that I have. It, it, it strengthens us in faith. Um, Jesus did this with Peter when he stepped into the boat and he said, Peter, stick your net on that side of the water. Peter, as we may remember the story, had been fishing all day. A carpenter comes and tells him how to do his job. That pastor keeps telling me how to run my business. And he puts the net in the water, and immediately the fish come out, and they're causing the boat to sink. Instant miracle. Um, um, again, these breakthrough experiences, they're helping us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because it's God showing us, hey, my way actually works better than your toiling does. Um, but what about those times when the breakthrough is not, not immediate? Um, I think there are uh, um, three major things that can um, um, cause this waiting period to happen. I'm going to focus on the third, but to briefly address, um, first of all, um, Scripture is clear that our own unbelief can sometimes get in the way and cause a waiting period. 
Um, Jesus' uh, um, disciples were entrusted with casting a demon out of a young boy with uh, having epileptic seizures, and they couldn't cast it out. And, Jesus, and they asked Jesus, why couldn't we do it? And he said, because of your unbelief. He says, there's, there's unbelief and there's perverse thinking in your mind. And the whole heart of Jesus throughout his ministry was renew your mind, repent, change the way you think, because the kingdom of God is at hand. Get your mind out of that earth curse system. Get your mind out of the kingdom of fear, of worry, of lack, and get your mind into revelation of God's abundance, God's provision, and God's way of doing things. And beloved, if we're, we, we may get excited about the promises of abundance and provision and blessing, but if we're not excited about doing it the way he tells us to do, we're still stuck over here in this kingdom of lack, in this kingdom of darkness. Jesus wants us to get his ways and then to do what he says. Very important. Um, another reason is, is um, I believe that the enemy can interfere. Now, we definitely see this um, with the, the word of God being sown as seed in Mark chapter 4. There are four different types of soil. Um, one of them is a hardened soil that, that, uh, that Jesus says the devil comes and snatches the word away from their hearts. Their hearts are hard, and Satan comes and snatches the word away, and it bears absolutely no fruit. So a demon can come in and try to steal, steal the word of God away from us. And we're more prone to that when our hearts are hard. Um, a second group is people that receive the word with joy and it springs up quickly. But then when persecution comes, when the word is tested, they wither, they fall away. No perseverance. The third group is, is another group of people that receives the word um, and, and they start producing fruit, but then the, the cares of this world, the, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things start choking up the word of God. And it just it renders it completely fruitless. Um, in all of these three instances, you have the enemy coming to snatch the word, coming to bring fire and tribulation to the word, and coming to bring care, worry, greed, and, and, and all kinds of, of unbelief into the heart of a person to, uh, to choke up the word of God. Um, but then there's a fourth group that receives the word and that continues in it, that perseveres in it. However, there are some times that the waiting period is because God is doing something. What is he doing? I'm glad you asked. Because that's what my message is about. Um, God, the waiting period, when God is involved, and he's, he's involved, he can, he's using even what the enemy does, he's turning it for our good. Um, he's, he's taking um, our, he's leading us out, if we're willing, um, from our unbelief, from our fear, and from, from, from whatever is keeping us from inheriting the promises. He's taking it out of us. He's in it, and he's saying, I am developing faith in you. But what is he doing when he's in it directly? Um, I believe um, he's, he's giving us training ground for greater increase. Tracy talked about this last week, so I'm just, I'm going to kind of be, um, 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 reiterating some things and then adding a few nuances of my own to him. Um, but God wants to trust us with more. And he trains us in that wilderness period. The Israelites, 
God brings them out of bondage and captivity from Egypt. He brings them out of the kingdom of, for them, was darkness, um, um, and then is, is calling them into um, the promised land. Um, so he delivers them. This power encounter, immediate miracle happens at the parting of the Red Sea. And they go through into the wilderness, and the Egyptians are drowned. Um, however, afterwards, um, you know, you watch... Um, Prince of Egypt. I love that movie. And at the end of the movie, they, they come to the other side of the Red Sea, and they're all dancing and rejoicing, and then the movie ends there. And you're just like, oh, well, that was a great ending, because in the next chapter, they start complaining. <laughs> and they start accusing God, and they start saying, I had it better in Egypt than in this wilderness where you brought us to die. Thanks, Moses. So complaining and unbelief. But God, even in his mercy, he sent manna from heaven and water from the rock. He kept providing for their needs because he was trying to bring immediate breakthrough to train them to trust him for their daily provision. But there was still a journey through the wilderness that they had to complete. God didn't just teleport them into the promised land. He said there's still some battles to fight, and there's still training that I'm doing in your hearts for you to trust me. Unfortunately, Israel did not get this very quickly that they continued in their complaining and unbelief from the waiting period. And God gave them an extra 40 years to learn it. Now, I, I believe that this is, an, this is a judgment. I believe Scripture makes that clear, that because they're complaining, their unbelief, God spoke over that generation and said, they shall never enter my rest. And that's serious, and we should take the word of God seriously. Um, but it was also his mercy. Because if God had sent Israel into the land of Canaan, where the, their tribes of their enemies dwelt, and they weren't dependent on God for the battles that they were going to face in the promised land, they would have been completely slaughtered by these guys. So God, in his mercy, said, I'm going to let this, this unbelieving generation die out, and I'm going to train the next generation in faith, because there are some big guys in that land that they've got to be able to take out, and if they don't hear and obey the voice of my, uh, the word of my voice, then, I, then they're all going to perish completely in the very land that I've given them. So God had to take them through battles in the wilderness to equip them to walk in the proper power, and the proper authority to drive their enemies out of the promised land. The Israelites, through these battles, it gave them confidence to confront the enemy and believe for God's promise. See, at the Red Sea, God parted the waters and led them out of conflict. At the Jordan, the Lord parted the Red Sea and led them into conflict. There's promise, there's inheritance, there's blessing. But the enemy is waiting at the door to, to intimidate us and cause us to cower and shrink back in fear. But we are not those who shrink back, are we? Are we those that shrink back? Amen. So even Jesus had to go through a wilderness of testing in order to gain authority over Satan. He went as, he, uh, as God opened up heaven at his baptism and spoke over him, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, that the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. 
led him, the Spirit led him into the wilderness. No food, no water, no friends. Satan, bad guy. And it was through, Satan was testing the word of God. Satan was trying to snatch what the Lord had said. If you are the son of God. He tried to bring fire and persecution to it. You're going to die unless you turn these stones into bread. He challenged the word that had been spoken to him. He challenged all of the prophetic words from the Old Testament that had been spoken about the Messiah. But Jesus stood his ground. Jesus said, it is written. And he came out of that wilderness saying, the spirit of the sovereign Lord has anointed me to preach the good news. When we come out of this waiting period, of this time of wilderness and testing, whatever that looks like for us, it is actually strengthening us in authority to a greater level of influence that God wants to give us. It's really simple when we think about it. It's, it's when we, we love hearing testimonies of struggle and overcoming that struggle. Um, not that, I mean, sometimes we just want to know that we're not the only ones, you know, having a hard time. Um, but, um, but we love to hear the overcoming because someone shares it and we're like, ah, oh, there's hope for Matthew. Um, um, and so what, what happened um, when you hear a testimony is someone that went through a trying time and that God was fashioning in them power and authority, not only for their own life, but that would bring healing and breakthrough for multitudes that would hear their testimony. And that's what God's doing in us. The enemy wants us to question, did God really say? Did God really say he wants to bless you? Did God really say he would provide your needs? Did God really say that I should have given that amount of money? Same goes for any area. But when we overcome these lies, it empowers us to bring the kingdom of heaven wherever the Lord sends us. Um, So what do we do? Here's the practical part. What do we do in this waiting period so that we don't waver in unbelief, so that we don't stay in this wilderness period any longer than we need to? Um, um, these are really practical things, so practical that some of you may say, Matthew, I've heard that a thousand times. Well, I'm going to tell you a thousand and one times, um, and I'm going to tell you again next week and the next week and the next week because I want us to get this. So what do we do? Um, First of all, we've got to keep meditating on the Word of God. We've got to keep saying, it is written. It is written. It is written. If if, If we don't have a promise anchored in the Word of God, that boat is going to toss to and fro with every wind that comes and blows. We've got to get anchored. We've got to get anchored. I believe for people that even have a dream or a prophetic word or something like that, a a rhema word spoken, that we've got to dig into the scriptures and make sure that that this is a biblically-based promise. I met people number over the years, numbers of people that are convinced that that there's that one um, that one guy is is the person they're supposed to marry. And I've had, I have a friend that has had literally dozens of women <laughs> come up to and tell him. I'm just like, okay, ladies, like, we can't all be hearing this word from the Lord. 
Um, let's, let's base our things primarily on the scriptures. Now, prophetic words and dreams are really important too, um, so I don't want to discount those. But I just want to drive us to this word right here to say, how can I really get anchored so that when the enemy comes in, I am saying, no, Satan, it is written, God wants to, um, God has plans to prosper me um, to, uh, uh, um, and to, uh, not, not to harm me, to give me a hope and a future. When we meditate, we mutter, we speak it aloud, listen to it, listen to recordings of the Word of God, um, write it out, um, read and listen to anointed teaching on the subject matter. Um, I uh, was um, a year ago introduced to um, the ministry of Gary Cassie, and this is his book, Your Financial Revolution, The Power of Allegiance. Um, he has it in CD form. I have it on DVD form as well. And Aisha and I started watching these things early on in our marriage, and we're just like, oh, my gosh, like this is available to us. And we start, we start hearing these things, and it, it, it strengthens us. because And then, then at times when that, when that trial and testing would come, we would have something to anchor ourselves in and be like, oh, what, is, what did Gary say? <laughs> you know? um, and really, what does the Word of God say? Because as Gary Cassie is breaking down the Word of God, what did Tracy say in her sermon last week that moved my heart and gave me faith and confidence that God was going to come through if I was stepped out in obedience to his Word? Here's another resource, uh, The Mystery of Giving. Um, I've been listening to this one over this past week um, for the first time, and I'm just eating it up. Um, guys, get your hands on resources like this. Listen to these over and over. Hear the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of Christ. Get people that are, are anointed teaching of the Word of God. Um, and, actually, just got a new one today. Living on the Third River, a parable of God's financial provision. So I'm excited. Um, I'm just going to load myself with these things because I've got to get this, and you've got to get this too. If we don't feed our hearts on the word of the Lord, we are prone to becoming robbed by the evil one. Well, I've heard this. I've heard that teaching. I've heard it a thousand times. I've done this, but all this is still happening. Keep feeding your heart on the word of God. This also guards you from bad theology and from naysayers. People that don't see what um, um, Jesus says about these things in his word, they start accusing people of becoming, uh, they just group them up as, oh, that's a prosperity preacher. That's a prosperity gospel. I want to have nothing to do with that. My first response to a lot of people is that, that would say it would, would be to, what, what is your definition of prosperity gospel? Um, um, and... Typically, what people assume is being said is that it's just um, pe people trying to get you to give money and promising you um, blessings that have nothing to do with the Word of God and that you're all supposed to have lots and lots of money. Um, and that bothers people. But if I allow myself to get into the Word of God, I, say, I see in Proverbs 10.22 that the blessing of the Lord brings wealth and he adds no trouble to it. I read in Psalm 23 that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing. I read in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 that you sow sparingly, you, you reap sparingly, you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. And that God, um, um, Psalm uh, um, um, 30, uh, 30, let me see, Psalm 145, I'll pull it out later. But that God, um, um, he opens his hand to feed those that are hungry and thirsty. 
God's desire for us is to have our needs met and to be able to give towards the needs of others. That is good news. If we are living under the gospel of lack, what did Jesus come and teach, spend three years teaching the kingdom for? Guys, let's really get into this. And people start holding back and they're tithing and they're giving with thoughts like, I won't be able to afford this, or that church, or that ministry. They just want my money. Um, um, the Word of God says God wants to bless us, and giving and tithing is absolutely essential to accessing that heavenly realm. Tracy's already taught on that, so I'm going to let you listen to her teachings on it. 2 Corinthians 9, 10 through 11. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase, say and increase. So he supplies and he increases your store of seed and will enlarge, say enlarge, the harvest of your righteousness. So God wants to expand what you're able to, um, to give and what you're able to sow to provide for you, but also to do something in your heart. There's a harvest of righteousness that happens in our heart when we give as the Lord leads us to. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Generous. God wants us to be generous. God wants us to be in a place that where when we see a need, we're not like, ah, can't help you. He wants us to be able to meet those needs. And he also wants us to be able to teach those people how to sow in the word of God and sow in their finances so that they can start reaping the promises of God and live under the kingdom of abundance and get out of that kingdom of lack. And I know some of you have had some bad experiences in the past. Some pastors have abused this teaching. I'm sorry. I'm telling you, you've got to forgive those people, and you've got to accept that their brokenness and sin does not change the Word of God. If I give according to the leading of the Holy Spirit, I've been obedient to the Lord. And I want to pray for those people that I sow into so that God gives them wisdom to steward it. If they steward it poorly... I've got to leave that between them and God. And I believe that God, he, he, nothing is hidden in his sight. Everything will be laid bare. Don't let a bad experience or a bad person cause you to ignore what the word of God says in this area. Number two. Remember what God has done for you and for others in the past. And this includes the very recent or distant past. Um, the enemy wants us to forget about our past breakthrough. Um, this is exactly what the enemy was able to do with the Israelites. Every single time they had a breakthrough, they complained about their present circumstance. And they completely ignored what God had just done. And this, this God... He had a lot of patience, and he was really trying to get their attention and say, I know you're struggling, I know you're used to this kingdom of lack, but pay attention to what I'm doing and praise me and thank me for what I've done so that it starts positioning your mind to expect me to come and break through and provide everything you need. 
Psalm 145, verse 4 to 7. One generation will commend your works, O Lord, to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. I will meditate on your wonderful works. I will meditate on your wonderful actions, and I will proclaim your great deeds. So remind yourself, remember them, but not only that, proclaim them. Tell people what God has done for you. Remembering um, strengthens us in the Lord. Forgetting makes us prone to discouragement, disappointment, disillusionment. Everyone knows how to meditate. Everyone does it in their car. Everyone does it when they get home. And it's those things that go through your mind throughout the day, the things that really bugged you, the things that you really wish that person would have said or did this or they didn't notice you or whatever. We start meditating on those things. God wants us to shift our thinking to what his word says and to what he's done in the past. A couple of things for me. I mentioned, first of all, um, just getting married. Um, Even before that, the Lord was really having to train me in this thing of depending on him. And, um, and I'm, I'm still getting there, guys. I mean, I'm sitting there, and I, was, I mentioned this Thursday night. Um, Tracy's been teaching things. I listen to Gary Cassie say things, and I'm like, oh, there's something there that I need to do with, Lord. <laughs> um, and, but I want to learn this. I'm like, oh, this is so good. It's the breaking up of the fallow ground. That's what's happening. Um, but um, the Lord had to teach me to start depending on him. See, I, when I came out of college, I went straight into full-time ministry, and was raising a, a, a monthly donor team, um, a monthly partnership team. And um, that, it took, me, it took me two years to get a, a fully funded partnership team to be in campus ministry at SMU. And I mean, that, that was a challenge. And I had to keep listening to teaching. I had to keep reminding myself. And I, I guarantee I didn't do everything perfect. Um, but the Lord was starting to teach me. A few years later, in 2011, I shift over to Storehouse. My partners are excited about what I'm doing here. They come over with me. I'm still doing stuff at SMU, and, um, and I'm, 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 I'm having my needs met. I'm not like, you know, I'm not banking, you know, but I'm, I'm definitely seeing my needs met. Um, but, but there's still like this mentality that I'm having of, of, of this, this kind of poor missionary mentality. And this is just so rampant in the, in the body of Christ. It's just, it just bothers me. The idea that missionaries or people that work full-time ministry shouldn't have their needs met. But over the next couple of years, I went through a trying time where that support started to, many partners started leaving. Um, and I was just like, I came to a point in 2013, I'm just like, Lord, I'm dying. What are you doing? Um, what's going on here? Am I st-? And it caused you to question, am I still called to do this? Did God say he'd really provide for me? Did my, what, what, and, and just the, the dis- disappointment, the discouragement, the, and disillusionment starting to set in. Um, um, but the Lord, he kept, he, he kept me in a community that believed, and he kept me... W- energizing me with dreams about being on ministry at SMU. And, and, and I, so I'm saying, God, I'm going to keep doing this. I had 25 dreams about being at SMU, um, um, ministering in some capacity. And, um, and, 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 and so I'm just like, Lord, this is what, this is what you said to do. Um, and there was a bit of a shift that happened um, in as far as um, where I, I started spending a lot more time on the campus for a season, and the Lord came in with, with partners and donors that was where I was starting to see four times the amount of monthly income than I was 
that w- that w- day before <laughs> they broke in. And I mean, it just, I had never, I never made that much money before. And the Lord started training me um, and expanding my vision for what's possible. I was just like, God, I can, I cannot worry about starting a family one day. That, that you've been able to do this and that you're, you're able to provide every single need that I have. And I'm telling you, I was, this was as a single guy living with roommates. And God just, it was awesome. But then, I, I, that, that didn't work out for as long as I thought it would, so it pulled back. <laughs> so I had to say, okay, Lord, what are you doing now? And so there was a time where tutoring brought provision. Um, to bring some extra finance. There was a time where um, I came in and I was, as, as Jeremy was, as Chuck was, was having one of his, uh, his fourth child. That I came in, I was, I was running EJS and more income came that way. I'm like, okay, Lord, you're taking care of my needs. Um, and, then, um, and then I was able to do some work the next semester at the chaplain's office. And so I just decided, Lord, you are bringing the provision in many different creative ways. And I'm learning that I cannot trust in a, in a specific source whether it's my job or partnerships or whatever it is. I want to give them the opportunity to partner with me, but they're not my source. The Lord is my source. And then as I'm starting to get married, I'm telling you, um, I'm in the middle of my master's degree, and, and, and finances are slim, and I'm looking at trying to give a beautiful wedding for my beautiful wife, and everything that she's listing that she wants, I'm just thinking in my head of, don't have enough for that, don't have enough for that, don't have enough for that, don't have enough for that. Um, but the Lord just started blessing us like crazy. We got a, we got a gift for $3,000. And I was like, oh, Lord, this is awesome. I was like, Lord, I have no money. I'm going to pay for this $3,000. That's awesome. So it's like, okay, great. This is going to be good. And then I learned about, um, about some um, ex- expenses that I didn't know about, um, hundreds of dollars. Um, um, that, that I would have. And I was just like, oh, all of that got taken away. But then someone came in and blessed us with another $1,500. And then another expense came up. And not like I was going around spending my credit card, just stuff that was like, whoa, what's going on? You know, when you're married, you know, you inherit everything that one another. <laughs> so <laughs> some people tell me, you know, I want to marry someone that has no debt. I mean, that's a good goal, but if you're a millennial, like, there's, it's likely that's, that's a little harder to find these days. And I don't, I don't mean to, to curse a millennial generation. I'm just saying the enemy has hijacked and has, has put this generation in bondage. Um, so so I, I came into a marriage with debt, and my wife came into a marriage with debt. And, and I just had to decide, Lord, you're going to meet, meet these needs for both of us. Jesus paid my debt of sin. I can marry a spouse. It has debt, and we can watch the Lord break through. Um, so that just that started happening for like three months, an expense of hundreds of dollars, and then, bam, a gift, an expense of hundreds of dollars. Oh, more financial provision would come. And I just, the Lord was training me to say, Matthew, are you going to trust me? Are you going to remember what I did three weeks ago, a month ago, five months ago? Or are you going to let your heart get disillusioned, discouraged, disappointed? So... My wife has helped me. Um, my master's degree at SMU, full tuition and fees, completely covered, 100%. Praise the Lord. 
I told the Lord, God, if you really want me to go back to school, I do not want to take out another student loan. And he said, okay. And I got a full tuition and fee scholarship. So I take these things and I remember them. And I, I, I declare them before the Lord and before his people. Um, and so when we listen to the testimonies of others, the enemy wants to get us jealous and bitter because Susie, oh, yeah, her house got paid off. That's really awesome, Lord. Remember, I've got a bill due on Wednesday. Um, oh, that was really awesome to hear what Victoria shared. Lord, I could really use some of that right now. Um, but, but, and he wants to get us jealous and bitter towards those people. But what, what God wants us to do is say, yes, Lord, thank you for what you did for Victoria. And, and thank you what you did for Matthew. Thank you what you did for, for Susie or whoever else. And give them more, God. They're your favorites, and so am I. Your word is true for them, and your word is true for me. Amen? Okay. Um, two more things, and we'll close. Wrestle out these negative feelings that you have in this area, um, out with the Lord. We're all people. We're all, we, we all have weakness and brokenness. And um, there, there may be some disappointment. There may be some wounding there. David, in the Psalms, he poured out his heart to the Lord. He wasn't expected to just have that cheery little, I'm blessed Christian smile on my face all day. It's like, God! You promised me this, and I'm dying. <laughs> All my enemies, even my friends, want to kill me. Lord, where is your promise? I mean, David had just kind of, kind of given it to the Lord. Um, so, but he, he's pouring out his heart to the Lord, and then, and then there are times where he's he's doing number one and number two, but then there are times where he's doing number three right here. It's it's what um, the New Testament says: casting your cares upon the Lord, for He cares for us. We've got to pour those things out. God, this really hurt. This really wounded. I'm, I'm fearful, Lord. What do I do in this situation? Um, we can be honest with the Lord about those things. This is weeding out the garden of your heart. And if you don't let those weeds of cares, of worries, of disappointments um, come out in the place of prayer, um, they're going to choke up what has been sown. Um, so how's this, Matthew, different from complaining? I don't want to be stuck in this for another 40 years. Good question. Um, I believe the main difference between this pouring out and this and this complaining is that this 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 pouring out it lands on the word of the Lord, not on the circumstances, not on the feelings. Lord, I am afraid. Fill in the blank. I won't be able to pay that bill Wednesday, next Monday, whenever it is. I feel like if I give, I'm not going to be able to afford this. I feel like that pastor is pressuring me to give. I, I gave in the past, but that ministry misused money. God, my heart hurts. I'm, I'm angry. But we want to land on, but Lord, this is what your word says. That if I give bountifully, I will reap bountifully. That you're faithful, that all the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. We've got to keep our hearts on that, on that, um, on the word of the Lord. I renounce fear and anxiety. Fear, anxiety, go in the name of Jesus. I do this. I just, anxiety, go in the name of Jesus. And it goes, Pow! it goes. Sometimes you got to tell it a few times. Um, sometimes you got to get some people to help you. Father, fill me with your peace. Heal my heart of that past experience. I forgive pastor so-and-so. I forgive this ministry for how they hurt me. But everything I have is yours, Lord. Help me give in faith. Um, and it can even help. This, this may take time. Um, um, I, sometimes, guys, we've got a bad day or two or, or a week or two. 
Um, and, and I believe that the Lord will help us work through that. Um, if you need inner healing or deliverance because of how you've been wounded or how you've been trained in your past thinking, go get it. Um, so many people I meet are like, oh, I've been dealing with this for a long time. I'm like, let me introduce you to my friend over off Harry Hines that knows how to take care of that for you. Um, <laughs> um, Bob Randall is the man I'm speaking about. Um, we love that guy. Um, but um, it, it may take time, um, but we, we want to be concerned if we're going months and months or years and years in that place where we can't even hear a word on giving um, because we've been so hurt and wounded. If that's the case, if, that, if we're in that place of like, oh, even what he's saying now is really bothering me, it's really getting to me, call the ambulance, get an inner healing, get in the word of God, listen to teaching, shut off the TV. I mean, get in the word of God. You've got to go for this, guys. You've got to wage war on this stuff because this is Satan trying to rob you of the word of God. Last thing, get strategy. Get strategy. Lord, what do I need to be doing? I'm seeing a holdup feel like I've been in this waiting period for months or years or however long. Lord, what's going on? Um, a few months ago, I woke up and all of the lights in my apartment were out. And I didn't know why. Try to go to the bathroom. It's dark. What I didn't do is I didn't say, well, it must be God's will for my lights to be off today. I investigated what's going on. What do I need to do to get my electricity back on? Call the electric company. Did, 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 did the bill go through? Yes, we paid. Da, 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 da. Call the apartment complex. You know, and, then, and we find out that they were doing some kind of um, um, test on the apartments that day, and a number of people lost power for like 30 minutes. It was no big deal. But I didn't resign just, oh, Lord, like you don't want me to have light today, so I'm just going to walk around with my eyes closed. Um, no, God, something's wrong. I'm supposed to have power. I'm supposed to have provision. What's going on, Lord? And this is where praying in tongues is really important. As much as you can. Um, if anyone has an interpretation, I welcome it. Um, it's probably something like, help me God, help me God, help me God. <laughs> Pray in tongues. Long periods of time. In your car. <laughs> Skip, them, skip your meals for a day or two or three or more and get some strategy from heaven. God, what's going on here? What's the holdup? Sometimes God will remind you of something that he told you to do but you didn't do yet. The prophet Haggai says this. He says, The house of the Lord is in ruins while your house is great, and I, the Lord, am causing trouble in your business as a result of that. Malachi 3, you've robbed me by not bringing your tithes and offerings into the storehouse. Or this or that or whatever it may be. Um, sometimes he may tell you to um, keep sowing your seed into a certain place. He may speak to you and say, here's, here's what's going on. I want you to sow a seed into this ministry or into this person. Believe me to take care of this need and watch me do it. And so you want to do that. You want to, yes, or, um, or, or where to gather it, where, where to gather that seed. If you're in, in business, the Lord can download dreams. He can speak to you in the place of prayer. Call this person. 
um, do this, get this project in order, start preparing for such and such. And then God is helping you create the container to receive the harvest he wants to pour out into your bosom. Gotta love King James. Mm. Jesus told Peter, hey, Peter, the money's in that fish's mouth. Go over there and get it. And he had to do it. Sometimes he says, wait. Trust me. Keep doing what you're doing. Be still and know that I am God. Being obedient to whatever he says will strengthen you to keep moving forward. So, in close. The waiting is positioning us for breakthrough and increase. He will supply and increase. He will supply, he will increase. He will supply and increase. He wants us to walk in power and authority over the enemy. God wants us to grow in perseverance, faith, and closeness with him. And that's what this whole process I'm giving you today does. It, it does all of those things. It keeps you from quitting. It makes you stronger in faith. And it makes you, oh, I'm drawing closer to the Lord because I'm being honest with him. I'm pouring out and I'm learning to hear his voice more clearly. This is awesome. Meditate on the word. Remind yourself and others of what God has done in the past. Wrestle out the negative feelings. Landing on the word of God and ask for strategy. Amen.